three criteria. Three criteria based on this law of 1952. Number one, it has to be privately funded. Number two, it can't be on school campus. And number three, the parents just have to agree. I said, it's too good, good to be true. We went up and saw this in operation, actually rode the little bus with the kids. But to hear them in this class being taught the Bible, Brother, I was sold. My heart melted, and I didn't know what to do other than to come back and pray every day, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? The United States Supreme Court, in a landmark 1962 ruling, banned state-endorsed prayer in public schools. In the decades since that decision, religious and secular forces have waged a cultural war over the extent to which faith-based content is permissible in schools, if at all. However, an earlier, lesser-known Supreme Court decision made what is known today as release-time religious instruction possible. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint on the Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure, friend, to have you here today. Everybody knows that prayer is not allowed in public schools, right? Well, a constitutional law that was passed in 1952, it was Zurich v. Clausen, has enabled LifeWise to use this law as an open door to take the Bible into public schools. Matter of fact, more than 300 public schools nationwide with 35,000 students enrolled will learn the Bible this year. It's incredible. And to tell us all about this is our guest. We have Terry Tiemann from Grace Celebration Lutheran Church. Also, we have James Broadnax, Regional Director for LifeWise, and my dear friend, Dan Henley, pastor of Journey Church Memphis. Gentlemen, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much. It's great Excited to be here, here with you. Great yes, seeing sir. you guys. <laughs> Up early here as we record our program. Now, Dan, you'd called me, and boy, were you stoked. You, yeah, well, you were like excited, <laughs> you know, right? That's right. Miss D and I, my wife D, we call her Miss D, we went to Ohio, I don't know, maybe nine months ago to see LifeWise, because when I heard about it a year ago, uh, it was almost too good to be true. We can teach the Bible during school hours, so we had to go take a look at it. Man, we came back. We've been on fire ever since. We'll tell you more about that, but yeah, I was excited about it. And thank you for allowing us to be here to oh, talk about it. Most definitely. Yeah. Right, Terry? We have a chance to take the Bible into the hearts of our school kids. Absolutely. We're really excited about this. We think it has a great opportunity to change the climate yeah. here in Memphis right. with our schools, our culture, our community, our economy. It just has the potential to, to really change our entire community for the good. And of course, the uh, ultimate benefit is more people are going to hear about Jesus Christ and have the opportunity yes. to spend eternity with him. So yes, we are very, very excited. Well, James, you are a regional director of LifeWise here in our area, and we're glad to learn more about this program, which is just new to me. You're a graduate of Hamilton High School. Yes, sir. Now, I graduated from Kingsbury High School, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if you can remember, but it might not have taken place when you were in school. But in the early days, because I went to Kingsbury Elementary all the way up to junior and then high school graduation, so 12 years from Kingsbury. And I remember in the early elementary years, we would have a class chaplain, and every morning they Ooh. would open up the Bible and read Scripture wow. in front of the class, and then the class would pledge the allegiance to the flag of the United States. That's how we opened our day. And then we had prayer to start the day. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, so I, yeah. I came out in 99, but when I came out of school— Prayer was no longer existent in school. And so when we heard about LifeWise, I developed a why 
uh, the why was in our community, we are two generations away from church, right? Uh, when we did the research and demographics, we have over 72 million children in the United States of America. Less than 18% of those children are actually attending a weekly church service. Wow. So this was a prime opportunity for us to capture what we missed. Over 70 years, this law was passed, and we missed one of our greatest opportunities to pass the gospel to the next generation. And again, you're talking about this law, Zurich versus Clawson, that was passed back in 1952. Yes, sir. So how have we overlooked that law all these years? When we do the demographics and look, we see that a lot of times as we approach this, there are so many forces that fight against the kingdom of light. You know, the kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness is always at hand. We find that there's a lot of fighting uh, behind it. But in 2019, Joel Penton and Stanford Truth decided to take this to the next level. And they partnered with, with the LifeWise Academy and decided to take this to the next level with our schools. Okay. And it started. James, just back up and give some of your backstory growing up here in Memphis. Yes, sir. So I grew up in Memphis, in, in the heart of, of South Memphis, Tennessee. I've uh, seen a lot, have seen a lot change in our demographics in our city. I'm a pastor's kid, so my dad was a pastor. We were raised in church, but a lot of my friends were not raised in church. A lot of my friends didn't know about Christ. Uh, Mom and dad was busy working a lot. And so um, I kind of matriculated through there, went to college, went abroad a little bit, but came back home and decided that I wanted to do something that was purposeful. I believe that whenever we can find a place and a space where our purpose and our destiny can collide, like LifeWise, to help push the kingdom, push the Christ-centered message of the gospel to the next generation, that this was the prime opportunity. So out of all my years, I feel like I'm finally doing what God has called me to do. So how did you first hear about LifeWise? For the Kingdom, I know you heard of For the Kingdom with Executive Director Tory Bates and Pastor Daniel Henley. They met with uh, some of the officials from LifeWise, and that started the whole LifeWise movement for Shelby County TN. Wow. Dan, this is exciting. (laughs) This is so exciting. I love just hearing Pastor James talk because he has a passion for it. I wake up like a kid in a candy store every day. My wife said, baby, you don't work a day in your life. I don't. <laughs> you know, I represented Agape for five and a half years. And we had two people to come to talk to David Jordan and I about a year ago, Barry Jones, and then the founder of LifeWise. And when they came here, Byron, it was like, this is too good to be true. You mean we can teach the Bible during school hours? There are only three criteria, three criteria based on this law of 1952. Number one, it has to be privately funded. Number two, it can't be on school campus. And number three, the parents just have to agree. I said, it's too good to be true. Again, DNI and the Bates, Tori, and his wife, Jennifer, we went up and saw this in operation, actually rolled the little bus with the kids. But to hear them in this class being taught the Bible, brother, I was sold. My heart melted, and I didn't know what to do other than to come back and pray every day, Holy Spirit, what are we going to do today? And it brought us to this. I get to now partner with Terry on this thing. But Terry and I, we've been watching each other for years. Now we get to walk together on this. And it is so very exciting. You mentioned chaplains. One of the things that when I left Agape, that's next on the horizon is how do we get chaplains back in schools? Now imagine life-wise and then chaplains. I'm, I'm going off subject. But what I'm saying is God is moving in Memphis. Yes. And we just happen to be a part of it. I'm excited about that. Terry, tell me about your initial introduction into LifeWise. Yeah, it's really kind of an interesting story because um, God often turns something that you have in your own mind into something else. That's right. And so I actually went to a prayer breakfast, which was sponsored by the Church Development Network. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that. Thanks for coming. Yes. And uh, it it was a great prayer breakfast. I really enjoyed it. And then, um, and I don't remember who it was that um, uh, had these brochures for LifeWise Academy. 
and there was going to be this this meeting to introduce yep. it uh, up in Raleigh. And uh, I just I raised my hand and I said, uh, I can, can, "Can anybody go to this?" And they said, "Yes, even you." <laughs> so, That's right. The white bastard from the suburbs. Yeah, you exactly. come down to Raleigh, hang out with us. I, I was like, uh, "What's going on here?" Uh, oh, wow. Well, but I brought beautiful. I brought my wife Becky, yep. and we went to that. And it, yeah, I was just like uh, Pastor Dan. It's like yeah. this has to be too good to be true. Yeah. It can't be true, but it was yeah. that we can teach the Bible to public school children during school hours. You mentioned you brought Becky, your wife. And to see a husband and a wife have that same passion and enthusiasm, Tykees is <laughs> Jane Broadnock's wife, passion, the same thing. Miss D and I, same thing. You and Becky, same thing. The guy doing something here, Byron? <laughs> well, you know, years ago, I had a chance in the studio to interview the former head of education in Russia. Mm. It was an incredible story. When the walls came down, yeah. there was this moral vacuum that was created, and there was a high suicide rate. There was uh, alcoholism. It was just really rampant, you know, throughout Russia. And so the leaders of Russia said, we've got to do something going forward. So they assigned this lady who was the head of education, find out, you know, what can we do? So she took couple of years of research and found out that 70 years prior to the revolution, people in Russia read their Bibles. Ooh. So she brought that information back. They did some research and said, we're going to implement a program. At this time, she wasn't a believer. But in the process of that, she remembered as a child, her grandmother would kind of secretly read Bible passages to her and pray. She remembered that. And so as a result of her studying the Bible for this curriculum, okay, she came to faith in Christ. Through that, it was amazing. They were training teachers all across Russia to take scriptures into public schools. Have you heard that story, James? Yes, sir. I heard that story. And the amazing thing is we're seeing the um, same cycle in our community, also across the United States. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's less than 18% of our children are attending a worship service during the week. But more than 20% of our children are dealing with anxiety, depression, right. suicide, and all that. So we have this opportunity. And then our curriculum that we're using is not based off denomination. It's the one thing that brings us all together, no matter what the denomination we are. That's right. And that's the message of the gospel of Jesus Amen. Christ. And it's a character education. So it's preparing our children to work on their character, talking about gratitude, talking about integrity, talking about the things that parents, because we're so busy right now, kind of miss implementing and instilling in our kids. I mean, these are the things, Pastor Dan, that, we're, that we're missing from our society, right? We're seeing the high crime rates mm -hmm. and every, we're seeing carjackings. We're mm -hmm. seeing all these things happen. That's right. And people are, you know, are concerned we're about that. more and more of that. Yes. We have over 1,400 pastors and ministers on our church development network database. Ecumenical. Lutheran, everybody, Catholic, we got everybody, yeah. right? Everybody that we've talked to about life-wise are saying, yes, how do I get involved? God is doing something. He's transcending the issues that, quite honestly, we've imposed on ourselves, right? But you asked the question earlier. I want to go back to that because it's important. You said, well, why isn't this happening? Well, in 1952, the release time thing happened, man, it was Get momentum. Think about it. Release time. I just released my kids from school. But then in, uh, in 1952, but then in 1962, we had this matter that says that we can't pray in schools. Yeah. Well, a lot of that momentum went away because you have competitive forces. Michael Porter, uh, Harvard Business Review, wrote an article called The Seven Competitive Forces That Shape Industry. 
One is a barrier to entry. A barrier to entry that says, man, in order to get this done, there's so many issues with just getting into it. Think about it. You have to, one, privately fund it. Then you have to sustain that private funding. You have to get volunteers. You got to make sure that everybody has a background check because you can't just let anybody hang out with kids. All of these barriers, and there are more, yeah. life-wise, okay, let's figure out a plug and play. Let's figure this thing out. Yeah. And they've done that. <laughs> so now we can have 300-plus schools across 12 states and 35,000 students that are participating. And now we're bringing it to Tennessee. Memphis will be the first spot. We've already gotten some pilot locations in Raleigh, pilot location in Cordova, a Pastor Terry's church is going to be a part of that. Man, this thing is happening. It's happening fast. And we're actually trying to slow it down because we want to make sure that we're yeah. crossing T's and dotting I's. Pastor James, you were talking a moment ago about the gospel and yeah. how this is all based on the gospel. Powered by the gospel project, okay? That's what we're talking about. Is that right? Yes, sir. So explain the gospel project. So the gospel project is a curriculum uh, that Lifeway publishing has created for our children. It's not, again, like I said, it's not based off denomination, but it's just strictly the gospel message from Genesis to Revelation. Every gospel story to allow our kids to see why should we be thankful? Why should we have gratitude? God created everything. He gave us life. He created the uh, trees, the birds. And this right here allows the children to see, I have a reason to be thankful. Yeah. And next thing you know, that builds that character, yes. that character education of being grateful right. when people do something nice for you. Pastor Terry, this program, the Gospel Project, takes students through the entire Bible over five years. That's right. Exactly. So they're going to hear and read every Bible story. And they also have a one-year program, and we're going to start with that this year. And it'll take them through the entire Bible in one year. But it's always focused on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus is always at the center. So every lesson. But think about it. Over a five-year period, say a child in first grade is going to go through the entire Bible by the time they uh, graduate in middle school and go to junior high. And those are the, the formative years right. of children. Those are some of the key crucial time to reach children, right, James? Yes, sir. So we've been meeting with our principals at our location, our pilot locations, and speaking with them about the needs of the children. Most of our pilot locations are starting with second and third grade. Mm -hmm. The reason being, I asked the principal, I said, why are you all asking for second and third grade? She said, these are our COVID babies. These are the babies that never got time mm -hmm. to really uh, mingle and socialize. So they have a lot of issues going on. They have a lot of places where they have to learn how to trust. They have to learn how to respect. They have to learn different things that you get in a normal setting. And so with us having the ability to teach this to these children, we are able to bring them up to speed yes. where they've lost their time during COVID. Now, I understand that this project, the Gospel Project, has a threefold focus with the head, the heart, and the hands. Can you explain that? Can you explain that, Terry? Uh, yes. So the head is the Bible knowledge that they're going to learn. Uh, the, the heart is the character and moral issues. So uh, we're looking to actually change behavior. That's what the Word of God should do, mm -hmm. right? And then also there's a, a service component so that uh, they can do something with their hands. There's arts and crafts. There's music, all of those kinds of things. So, yes, it involves a whole person. And it's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. too, which, of course— Kids love that. Pastor Dan, you, you mentioned that you and Dee took this trip when you first were discovered about yeah. LifeWise. Have you looked at other cities, you know, the 35,000 kids mm -hmm. across the country mm -hmm. and some of these other areas where LifeWise is being implemented? Yeah. Have you traveled there? Have you looked at some of these programs? Have you seen the, some of the results? The answer is yes, 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 and yes. But we haven't actually physically traveled there. We've actually done the research, though. Yeah. 
And I will tell you that the data supports everything that we're talking about. Not only are these kids doing better uh, in terms of their character development, knowing Christ, but also better in school. Yes. I mean, literally, this thing is real. Let me ask you, gentlemen, this question, because I'm sure somebody's thinking it, okay? Why should students, even those without a Christian background, learn about the Bible? Because you're going to have various faiths in school. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you a quick story. When we went to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, like I said, Ms. Dean, I want to be a part of it and see it for real. So we actually went to two classes, little kids and then fifth graders. In the fifth grade class, there was one boy in there who was Muslim. He forged his mother's signature. He wanted to be in it so bad. When they found out about it, when his mom found out about it, she let him stay because he loved it so much. Well, this boy happened to be in the class that we were in. Byron, he was asking questions like, you mean to tell me, because he grew up Muslim now, when I sin, God just forgives me? He couldn't even understand that concept. But think about him asking that question, having folks that are well-trained and studied how to answer the question, and then all the other kids listening to it. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Powerful, brother. Yes. Well, that's the opportunity that we have here. Sure, the parents have to agree to it. They have to give permission. But the data is showing that, man, if you started with 30% of the folks that are saying yes to it, by the time you are year 18 months into this, about 90, 95% of the parents are saying yes. It is working. And again, what we're trying to do is not go too fast because we want to make sure we're crossing T's and dotting I's. Right. The support is there. So, James, parents are getting on board then. Are you seeing that locally too? Yes, sir. So we have a community interest list. The idea and the projection was to get 50 signatures to sign and say, we want this in our community. Well, we have 214 uh, that signed the list. And over half of those, about 120 of those wanted to be volunteers. So right now we got volunteer parents, volunteer teachers that's willing to teach the curriculum and be a part of what we got going on. Now, is this program a once a week type gathering or what's the process of, of meeting? So um, what it is, is we partner our schools right now. We're partnering our schools with community leaders and churches. So we try to get a church not too far from school, less than a mile from the school, so that when children's travel, it's less travel time. We give them 40 minutes of learning, and then we take them back to school. And this is happening during one of those class periods where they're not necessarily taking core classes that they need. This is doing library. This is doing Encore, this is doing playground time that these children are released. Well, tell me about some of the conversations you're having with these principals of the schools. What are they saying? The principals are receptive because they know in our communities we need God back in school. Yeah. And they understand that it's a fight because prayer was taken out as a constitutional law against that. But they are surprised that in 1952, this law was passed. Zorick versus Clausen was passed for release time religious instruction for character education. Have you found opposition from opposing side, you know, trying to stop this? No, we haven't had that in Memphis. But, you know, with anything that, that God is doing, the enemy wants to try to come against it. But we already know the battle is already won. Yeah. How does LifeWise compare with before and after school programs? I believe that LifeWise helps differently because it's during the times when the children are actively learning. This is happening during the school hours. A lot of times when you have before programs, kids are just waking up after school programs. They're kind of winding down. But during the school hours, right in the midst of them learning, where they're able to return, retain this information. Pastor Dan, as we talk to our Bot Radio Network listeners, I mean, what are we asking them to do? What are we asking pastors listening to do? First of all, awareness. We want everybody to be aware that this is happening. For instance, we have pastors, luncheons, breakfasts. We're making sure that they're aware of it, like we're doing here. The second thing is getting some education on it, because in order for this to be sustainable, we got to be educated. Yeah. And we're doing that. And then we're asking them to get engaged. 
For instance, Terry's, Pastor Terry's church, there's a church in Cordova, Riverwood, Pilot Church. Pastor Terry's church is five minutes away. We've gotten a bus secured. The bus will take the kids from Riverwood to Celebration, Celebration, Celebration which is five minutes away. We'll teach them. I'll volunteer and others mm-hmm. teach them. We'll put them back on that bus. We'll take them back to Riverwood. Well, we need churches and people to do that. As we grow, because this thing's going to grow fast, we're going to need churches to work with Grace Celebration. Well, so that's just in Cordova. Raleigh, that same thing. Yeah. Now, it wasn't happenstance that we chose Raleigh. We've been prayerful, man. That's another thing that we need pastors to do is pray. We had a prayer, Omega prayer at Pastor Terry's church last Friday night. had a great attendance. We prayed for three hours, <laughs> right? We're going to continue to do that because prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is where the battle is won. Oh, wait. Say that again. Dave. And man, that's it. Prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is where the battle is won. That's where we win. And that's why we're praying and God is answering our prayers. He's moving on our behalf. He's allowing us to participate in what he's doing. I've said this before, and I want to say it publicly. I want people to write it down. Memphis is going to change, man. Within 11 years and four months or less, Memphis is going to go from worst to first in many categories. So I said, how do you, you know that, Pastor? Now, I believe that with everything that's in me. Wow. In 11 years and four months or less, Memphis is going to go from worst to first in many categories. I believe this is one of them. We got to get after this thing. We got to get after it together. And I see us doing that, man. Pastor Terry, as you implement LifeWise in your church and as you participate, tell me some of the steps you've made and how have your the congregation, how they responded. Congregation is, <clears throat> excuse me, really, really excited yeah. about this. Uh, one of our members, in fact, is on the board of directors, tired doctor. He got so excited about this that that's all he can talk about. He bought a case of books called uh, During School Hours, and he's been distributing those (laughs) to every person that he sees. These guys are shaking their heads. I know they do. Yeah, he gave me one. Uh, Right. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we've been showing some videos, and uh, we have a really big banner at church with signups, and we've been talking about it. We've been praying about it uh, every week, yep. and we have already over a dozen volunteers. Oh, yeah. So when we roll out, and it's just going to be in a couple of weeks, yeah. October uh, 18th, right. be the first day, right. we already have uh, over a dozen volunteers ready. They'll ride the bus. Mm-hmm. They'll be with the kids. They'll provide arts and crafts and snacks. Snacks. And uh, just Teaching. all of these things. They have just really responded but well. But it's not just Pastor Terry's congregation. I have a small church in Cordova, Journey Christian Church. You've been there before. Well, our folks are volunteering to help at Terry's church. No competition. So imagine you have six, seven churches saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to work together for that one school, Riverwood. Then we got Cordova Elementary. We got, and the list goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> Private schools too, by the way. But I guess I say that to say our public schools, we can't do this. But now we can. Wow. A law that's been on the books since 1952. And God is allowing us to have folks that uh, are visionaries, like Joel Denton, the, the guy that founded LifeWise, and others. We got some supporters here, man, that he just came down and asked for some money to fund this thing. And we believe they're going to say yes to that. And they're listening, quite honestly, to this radio station. Right. I know they are. James, how does this encourage you to have these pastors in this room excited about LifeWise? So I am a pastor also you in are. Raleigh. Yep. So I'm a in pastor. Raleigh. I pastor a church in Raleigh. Our church is going to be one of the uh, uh, the churches that are part of the pilot and uh, that the children are going to be coming. It's exciting to see our community come together. 
And what keeps us apart is no longer a factor anymore. What brings us together is the main focus. So I'm excited. We are planning to see God move on behalf of our children, on behalf of our school system. The schools are grabbing hold to it. The principals are grabbing hold to it. The pastors. Right now, we had a meeting a couple weeks ago for the Church Developments Network and had several pastors Mm -hmm. to say, hey, my church is right across from a school. When can I start? And we had to say, hey, we want to make sure that we got all our T's crossed, all our I's dotted. We want to make sure that we uh, we actually see growth instead of swelling. Yeah. A lot of times yeah, swelling cool. is a sign of infection, but growth is a sign that, hey, we're doing it and we're just rolling out. We want to do it right. And we're being very strategic about this. You know, we know that the, this thing is going to happen fast. So with our church developed a network, that awareness and education and engagement, yeah. and we're doing that right now. We're not waiting until we need it. We're doing it now. We have a luncheon, all of our lunches. We have 50 to 70 pastors there. They will be aware of it. So how do I get more information? We're going to give them education, the, the book, during school hours, and more videos and training. And then when it's their turn, they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready. They're going to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, this is great. Life-wise, and it's, it's coming here to Memphis. Friends, I want to encourage you to be in prayer. Start just praying that the power of God will work through this program in our city, in the hearts of our yes. children. And as Pastor Dan said, prayer is not just preparing for the battle. It yeah. is right in the middle of it. That's where we. That's, that's where, where it we begins. Win. That's where we win. And so we've got to pray and we've got to engage. And so, James, give us some details, website information, places where our Bite Radio Network listeners can go to learn more and if they want to volunteer and be connected with LifeWise. Yes, sir. So uh, they can find out about our Shelby County TN program. It's called the Shelby County TN. You can go to LifeWise.org backslash Shelby County TN and it'll take you to our direct website. Also, we're on all social media platforms. Uh, just look for LifeWise, uh, Shelby County TN dash TN, and you can pull up information and show what we're doing, opportunity to volunteer. They can also reach us at our phone at 901-283-6401. That's 901-283-6401. Or you can email us. You can email us at uh, Shelby County TN at LifeWise.org. Wow, guys, thank you so much. Yeah. My dear brothers, I appreciate you sharing this LifeWise with our listeners today. And friends, please, again, be in prayer, be yes. uh, supportive of this work. And we're going to have to do updates, Pastor Dan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We want to thank you, Byron. You are yeah. so open to the gospel and what God is doing, and we don't take that for granted. Thank you. God bless you, my friends. Well, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint here on the Bot Radio Network. Thanks for listening, friends. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.